Well, good morning. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Thanks to everyone who helped lead in worship so far to this point. It's a joy to be together and to continue our worship as we slow down and spend a few moments here this morning with each other to consider what God has to say to us in His Word. Please turn with me uh, to Matthew chapter 6. We've just prayed the Lord's Prayer. We're going to read it together again in a few moments. Um, So if you go ahead and turn there to Matthew chapter 6, we'll read verses 9 through 13. And as you're turning there, I just want to give you a little sneak preview of why I think we need the particular part of this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, that we're going to consider this morning. That is, give us this day our daily bread. You might not know the 1965 movie Shenandoah. Anybody? No. One? Okay. Two, three. But you know its star… The star of Shenandoah is Jimmy Stewart. And if that doesn't ring a bell, you know George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. It's that guy with that voice. He's the main star. It's set in the state of Virginia in the Civil War. And there's a scene in the movie where the family, a large family, gathers around the table before the meal. And before the meal, Jimmy Stewart, his character being the father of the family, begins to offer a prayer, which you expect to be a prayer of thanksgiving, a typical before the big family meal kind of prayer. But instead, he offers more like an anti-prayer, and it goes like this, Lord, we cleared this land, we plowed it, sowed it, and harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't be eating if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel, but we thank you, Lord, just the same for the food we're about to eat. Amen. That prayer is not just the exact opposite of the typical blessing before a meal. I think it's the exact opposite of what Jesus wants to teach us in this particular part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. The prayer from the movie is a declaration of independence from God, isn't it? We're independent of you. We do it all ourselves. We do the planting, the working, the sowing, the harvesting, the cooking. We don't need you. We're independent. What this prayer this morning is going to teach us is a declaration of dependence on God. Give us this day our daily bread. Few of us, Christian or not, would offer a prayer like that out loud, but most of us, Christian or not, live like that prayer. We live like it's up to us. We feel like it's up to us. We act like it's up to us. Maybe that's you. Maybe there's some part of your life where you feel, or maybe every part of your life where you feel you've got to make it happen. It could be providing for your household. It could be taking the next step at work. It could be in your own spiritual walk with the Lord. You feel it's up to you. You've got to make it You've got to make it happen. And don't we as a culture, as a society, as Americans, idolize people who work hard, who make it happen, who take the small amount they were given at the beginning and translate it through a lifetime of hard work and self-sufficiency into much, much more than they had. Many of us would call that the American dream. And there's nothing wrong with hard work. I'm not against taking what you were given and developing it into more, yes. But what I want to be delivered from, and what I want you to be delivered from, is a life full of isolating pride and soul-crushing worry. 
And I think this prayer request, give us this day our daily bread, can deliver us, help deliver us from both of those things. Isolating pride such that no one gets in and you don't need anybody else and soul-crushing worry. At first, the thought, it's all up to me, I can make it happen, is exhilarating, but then it winds up being, deb- then it winds up being debilitating in the end. So what I hope we walk away with this morning is a sense that God can provide and does provide all of our spiritual needs. All of our spiritual needs. Every single one is taken care of in Christ. And if that's the case, then we can talk to Him about all of our physical needs as well and see what He has to say about those things. Now, the Lord's Prayer is short. We've said it's a greeting and it's five requests. We're moving on this week to the third one. And we've just prayed it, but now I want to also read it with you this morning before we consider it. This is God's Word. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's continue to pray. Fathers, we, as we said, take a few minutes to slow down now, and we pray here from you. We ask that you would fill us all, the one who speaks and those who listen, that you would fill us with your Spirit. Lord, for those of us who struggle to pray, we pray that you would encourage us. For those of us who worry and feel like it is up to us, we pray that you would help us. For those of us who've never really thought much of prayer before or tried it, we pray that you would encourage and convict and lead and help. Father, use these moments for your glory and honor, we pray in your name. Amen. This morning, we want to look at two points. First, we want to pray about all of our physical needs, and secondly, because He's given all of our spiritual needs. So first, let's pray about all our physical needs. As we start this third request of the Lord's Prayer, we're beginning a new section of the prayer. You can call it the top half and the bottom half. The top half that we've looked at the last many weeks here, this, here each week has been mostly focused on God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those were the first two requests. Now as we come to the bottom half and start this third request, it's going to focus more on us and our needs. We're going to Look at praying for our daily bread, forgiving us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and leading us not into temptation, the top half and the bottom half. And of course, it's not rocket science to figure out. There's a reason the first half comes first. There's a reason it comes first, that we focus first on who God is and prayer requests related to what He does in His kingdom and His name being hallowed. And yet, of course, I don't think it's wrong to begin a prayer to the Lord with a matter from the bottom half. I don't think it's so much a strict order as it is what's the context. When you and I come to pray about our physical needs or next week when we consider our relationships and praying about our relationships, that there be forgiveness and grace in them, or that when we pray about our walk with the Lord and our temptations, that we do that in the context of a Father in heaven, that we pray about 
our needs and concerns and worries, knowing that He is that Father in heaven, that the first priority is that His kingdom would come through all of these requests in our life, that we would take Him seriously as we come praying about our worries and our fears for provision and having enough. Do you see the difference? It's not so much, I think, a strict order as it is bringing all of the good news we've learned through the top half into the bottom half as we pray of them. I don't know whether I misheard it or I was actually taught this, but somewhere along the line when I was a young Christian, I heard something to the effect of, before you ever start to pray about your own concerns and worries and needs, make sure you spend time praising God and glorifying Him and honoring Him. And that's not wrong, but what I either misunderstood or what was told to me was, before you bring your dirty little requests for your minuscule, unimportant life to this all-important God, spend some time buttering Him up. <laughs> and that's not our Father in heaven. He wants to hear our requests. This is a short prayer, only 50 to 60 words or so, and yet one of the requests is pray about your bread. He wants us to bring our hearts to Him in the context of who He is and His kingdom coming and His name being honored and glorified. So with that in mind, this top half and bottom half, let's look more particularly then at this third request. Give us this day our daily bread, or you could translate it, and you've probably got a footnote in your Bible. Give us this day our bread for tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us this day our bread for tomorrow as well. And of course, it's important to note the word daily as we get started. When should we pray this kind of prayer? Every day. Every day. And then if we translate it, give us this day our daily bread, it's very fascinating that that word comes up twice, that here in this prayer of such few words, God would emphasize two times bringing our needs to Him every day, praying about these things all the time. And what are we praying for when we pray for our daily bread or our bread for tomorrow? Well, we're praying, I think, for all of our physical needs all of our physical needs. We've said that each one of these parts of the Lord's Prayer, the greeting and the five requests, are, do you remember, jumping off places. I read this week, one man said, they are the headings in prayer, and we get to fill in the details. These six areas are targets, the headings. We fill in the details. So, of course, as we fill in the details of praying this day, our daily bread, we can fill in the details about, of course, our daily food. We can pray about what we need. We can pray about the food we need to live. It can be before you eat, a prayer right then as you're about to fill your mouth with God's good gifts, or before you take that first sip of coffee in the morning. It can be anytime, every day. And if you've got, like I do, thank the Lord, a full refrigerator and a bank account with which to go and buy more, and a store nearby from which to go and get these foods, we still never know what tomorrow will bring, right? We still never know what tomorrow will bring. And so we're praying every day, God, give us this day our daily bread. Give us our food for tomorrow. No matter what happens, we're declaring our dependence on God. No matter the resources in our refrigerator or our bank accounts or our grocery stores, or the strength of our economy. We're not basing our trust in anything else but the Lord. We're declaring our dependence on Him. But if God is a God who says, pray about your daily food, then I think He also cares about our other physical needs as well. He cares about our health. I think some of the, some of the particular things we can pray about under this heading would be, God, I need health. I'm 
Right now, perhaps many of you are, or you know someone who is struggling with an illness, struggling with some sort of health concern. And this is a great area of prayer to pray about those kinds of physical concerns and worries. Sometimes I heard it said, you know, too often Christian prayer meetings are just times where we get together and pray for everybody's relatives' health concerns. Have you been in those kinds of meetings before? I think we all have if you've been around the church for a while. And then it's followed up with, and we never getting around to praying for the expansion of God's kingdom. And the way it's said sometimes is kind of like what I learned as a young man, almost like praying for our needs and our friends' and family's health concerns is somehow base and selfish. And what we ought to be doing is praying for God's kingdom. And the Lord's Prayer doesn't make a distinction. The Lord's Prayer doesn't make a distinction. Yes, we need to pray about God's mission and His kingdom coming, the church growing, the effects of the fall being pushed back, and all those cosmic transcendent things that we talked about the last couple weeks. But don't ever shame someone for bringing a request about something that's burdening them and on their heart for something like a health concern for Aunt Sally or for their mother or something else. God says, bring it all to me. He's a father that wants to hear all of it. So we can pray about food. We can pray about health. We can pray about, and this one right now is near and dear to my heart, shelter. And that's because I'm waiting on a house. Praise God that as we've moved here to Clemson, we have a house here on campus to move into. So as I'm praying through this part of the Lord's Prayer the last few weeks, I'm thanking Him (laughs) that we have a house to live in. But I'm also praying, God, give us this day our bread for tomorrow. In your time, bring us the right house. And maybe that's you. Maybe you need a new place to live on or off campus. Maybe you need a new house for your family. Maybe you need to downsize and you're praying for the right place to live. God wants to hear about those kinds of things. I think we can wander out a little bit more and pray about even more kinds of needs like education. You know, if you've got kids at home, you're looking at the cost of colleges nowadays and you're going, God, I could start saving now, but maybe I can buy their books the first year. Maybe I can pay for a semester. And so I've got four kids. And so when I pray this, I'm like, Lord, my kids, you could call it a need or not. It's not the need in the strictest sense of food and shelter and water. And yet, Lord, I've got this need for my kids that I don't see how I can provide it. So I give it over to you. I can sit here and worry about it. Or I can pray for my daily bread and my bread for tomorrow. I can pray for their education. And when we looked at the greeting, do you remember we said that it's very important that the greeting is our Father and not just my Father. And I don't know how I never noticed this. In the past, I had noticed that it was our Father, but I had never noticed that that's the pronoun that continues throughout the rest of the prayer. You won't find a my anywhere in the prayer. It is give us this day our daily bread. And so we can make a list, and I encourage you to do it, of things you're praying about, some of the some of the details under this heading of your own life. But then what does it mean to pray for our daily bread? I think it means you begin to consider your friends and your family and your neighbors and saying, God, what needs do they have? What needs do they have for provision or for a job to be able to go buy the food or for the right house or for education? Now, now my perspective widens out from my own life to the lives of others. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes, bring all of your personal concerns to God. Don't be afraid to do it. He wants them. But also know that God says pray about the needs of others 
as well. Bring those to Him. We're not just praying for our own concerns, but the concerns of someone else. And as we begin to pray for that, we begin to think, God, maybe I have enough in a certain area. And there's a place that now maybe you want me to actually become the answer to the prayers of someone else's need financially or spiritually or whatever it might be. We start to say, huh, God, you're giving me actually a heart for those who don't have their daily bread. You're giving me a heart for the poor. You're giving me a heart for the needy. You're giving me a heart for those who have a greater burden for their daily needs than I do. And I think we pray it not just for individuals, but institutions as well. Many of you might support a missionary or campus ministry or something, and they have needs in order to accomplish their mission. God, would you provide what these ministries and institutions need that are seeking to expand your kingdom? I think we begin to pray it for our church, for those particular people in our church who need provision, but then our church together as a whole. This church, you know, has been given a mission. God gives every church a mission to go and make disciples where that church is and around the world. And to do that, this church has been so blessed and been given so many resources, but we continue to be dependent on God. The worst thing we could do is to say, God's given us resources, therefore we don't need God anymore. Let's just take these resources and go. But praying for God to provide for our church to do its mission, we're remembering even the resources we already have are for Him. And we're not dependent on those resources. We're trusting Him as we go forward. And we've talked about how this prayer teaches us to pray, but also shows us God's heart and can begin to shape together the kind of church that we want to see this church continue to become over the next many years together as we worship and as we work with each other. And just looking back at the Lord's Prayer, we can say we want to be a church that helps people become more and more connected with the glory and the goodness of knowing God as a Father be they Christians or not, going deeper into God's grace. We want to be a church that holds up His Word and hallows His name and takes every part of Him seriously. We want to be a church that helps His kingdom come, that partners with Him as He calls us to bring the spiritual good news and then sends our members out into the world to see the kingdom come in all sorts of ways. And one, this week as we look at this particular part of the prayer, a church that depends on God that attempts things for God, that yes, we have to step out in faith and try it and see if He will provide. We want to be a church shaped by the values that Jesus shows us in this prayer. These are the kinds of things we're praying about as we pray this request. And then also, as you pray this request, won't it work up in you a sense of thanksgiving? Maybe you're asking Jesus that morning for your daily bread and you realize you've got your week's worth of food in the fridge. Thank you, God. Maybe you realize, God, I've been given resources, a house, a home to use. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for how you've provided. Thank you, God, for what you have done. I encourage you, like I said, keep a list of things you're praying for under each area. And here for me, when I keep a list of ways I'm asking God to provide in all these kinds of ways we've talked about, I also keep a list of particular times and ways that he has shown up and answered this prayer sometimes in miraculous ways. Sometimes we've needed a car, and we're like, God, I don't know where this car is going to come from. I don't know how to afford another car. And then He provides one. Sometimes we've had bills we couldn't pay, and we've said, God, how is this going to happen? And there's a credit on the account, and we've never known where it's come from. I keep a list there so that as I give Him my concerns and anxieties about providing and about education and about a home and about 
the individuals I know who need in our church, I'm remembering God is a God who has provided and will do it in His way at the right time. So we're also thanking God. And of course, now he says, pray for your daily bread, not daily meals at your local five-star restaurant. He says, pray for your needs, not your extra wants. And again, sometimes I've heard this prayer taught, and that point is made, and then it almost becomes we walk away with a feeling of talking to God about our extra needs and wants and desires becomes shameful. And then what happens is we have these extra wants for things beyond needs, and we go and act on them, but we never talk to God about them. I think this prayer teaches us to pray for our needs, but please pray about your wants. Bring all of that to God. Maybe there's a moment in prayer when you're trying to untangle, God, is this a need or a want? And maybe you really want it to be a need because you want Him to provide it. But through that process of prayer, you realize, God, I don't need it, and I have enough, and you're teaching me to be content. But you wouldn't have gotten to that place if you didn't pray about your extra wants and desires on top of your needs. So pray for your needs, but pray about your wants. Bring all of your heart to your Father. Ask Him to provide. Seek the contentment. And maybe there is something beyond your needs, and He's given you the resources. And like the Scripture says, He gives us all good gifts to enjoy. And you say, God, thank you. I can go and enjoy this thing, this gift from your hand. But now you know. You don't have to worry about whether it was right or wrong to go and take that step. And I think we also then wind up praying about our anxieties too as we pray this, don't we? All those worries that you have about those things we mentioned, about provision and about your work and about your family and about your kids and about your home, all these things that bring that soul-crushing worry that we talked about at the very beginning, you're beginning to pray about them and laying them at Jesus' feet and trusting Him, saying, Jesus, this isn't my problem, this is yours. This is not my kingdom coming, this is your kingdom coming. And all the parts of the Lord's Prayer begin to bleed together a little bit as you pray them. Maybe you're worried about finances or health. Maybe it's a work concern. Maybe there's provision your business needs. Maybe you own it or maybe you work there and you realize, man, God, we need you to show up. We need you to provide. We need you to step up and see how you might lead us into something else. We begin praying this prayer for all these different parts of our life, and the Lord's Prayer just becomes more and more a piece and a part of every day and every conversation that we have. And I think even beyond that, just before we move on to our second point, once you start praying for your daily bread, you start to see how God cares about all the small things in your life all the small things, and then you wind up praying about everything, and you have the freedom in your life and your walk with the Lord to pray about all these things and not to worry. One of my favorite stories about this comes from a book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller, which many of you have heard me say is my favorite book on prayer. He says this in the course of that book he's writing, and he says that he had recently read what he said was an otherwise excellent book on prayer in which the author implied we shouldn't pray for trivial things such as parking places. Because that would be, the author of this other book on prayer said, selfish. We shouldn't bring these selfish, trivial concerns to God. And Paul says he read that and couldn't wait to tell his mother, whose name is Rose Marie Miller, she was married to Jack, if those names mean anything to you. Paul takes with a smile on his face, I think, that 
that part of that good book on prayer, but said don't pray for selfish things to his mother, Rosemarie, who's now 82, who had lived full-time as a missionary in London and still was working full-time as a missionary in London. And Paul says when he told her what this author thought about prayers for parking spaces, she looked a little incredulous. She cocked her head. She started laughing and said, how else would you find a parking place? (laughs) I love that. Of course I'm praying about parking places because it's not trivial. It's not selfish. God, I'm looking for a parking place. You've called me to go to this meeting. I'm doing whatever it is. I'm going to the grocery store. I need a parking place. How else am I going to find one? Because you see, we're not looking to be independent. This part of the prayer and the whole prayer teaches us to be dependent on the Lord. What about you? What ways do you need to pray this prayer in some part of your life? Maybe you're still wondering how it works. I'd encourage you this week, if you haven't yet, to download our church app and get the prayer notifications that we've been talking about. We'll send out three notifications this week as we have in past weeks. Hopefully that will help us learn to continue to pray this prayer. And if you don't do that, we've still, of course, got the paper copies back there at the info booth after the service. Now let's switch gears a little bit as we move towards our second point and ask a real question. What about when we just can't believe that God cares about those small things in our life? Or what about when the small things in our life go wrong? What about when we pray about them and they don't go as we asked? How can we continue to pray for those physical needs when God seems to disappoint us? Well, let's look secondly at the fact that He has provided all of our spiritual needs. Now, Just remember, each one of these prayer requests have to be kept in the context, as we said, of the other requests in the prayer. So when we come bringing our requests for all of our physical needs, we're not coming to a distant God. We're not coming to a God with no track record. We're not coming to someone, if you have a broken earthly father, who's like that. But we're coming to a God with a proven track record. We're coming to a Father in heaven. You see, as we come, we've come as Christians, as those who have believed and trusted with all the righteousness of Christ given to us, not because of anything we have done, but because of the faith He's given us. And so we come to a Father who now has nothing in between us. There's nothing we can do to earn His smile and acceptance and favor any more than He gave us in Christ when He saved us. We're not coming cowering. We're not coming ashamed. Yes, we have things to confess, but God's grace is greater than all of those things. We come to a Father in heaven. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 7, just one chapter later than what we read this morning. He says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Or Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite verses. God who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So when we come with the trivial things in our life and we're wondering if God hears, if God cares, what is he doing? We're coming to a God that we know gave us his own son. And if he gave us his own son... I love the logic of it. Will he not also graciously give us all things? Do you think now he's going to start being a cheapskate with you? Do you think he's like, here, have the most beloved being I know, my own son. He's yours, body, soul, and blood. And now I'm going to get cheap. Now I'm going to start holding back. 
No, even when it seems like he's holding back into small things, he's always working. He's always working to give us the best. That's the kind of father that we have. And that's the reason I love these two requests that go back to back in the Lord's Prayer. I was thinking about that this week. The last couple weeks we looked at your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This grand, cosmic, worldwide, transformational kind of request. And then this week we get to, and now God about my ham sandwich, right? We get this huge lofty request, and then in the same prayer right after, pray about your breakfast, pray about your toast, pray about your eggs, pray about your combo meal, whatever it might be, the most trivial things in life. One of the easiest things for most of us to do each day is get up and fix ourselves something to eat. And he says, I care about that too. Pray about all of those small things because I've given you spiritual bread. Won't I also give you physical bread? Won't I also take care of you like that? But too often you and I live like orphans. We don't live with the mentality of a son or daughter. We live with the mentality of an orphan. One of my good friends knew someone who had uh, brought into their home an adopted son. I don't remember from which country. I don't remember exactly how old the son was, but it was old enough for him to remember clearly his life as an orphan in this foreign country. And he remembered clearly the food he didn't get to eat. And he remembered clearly that he was on his own to fend for himself. And now, of course, as an adopting father, he wants his son to know, you're my son, just like these other children that I have. And so he brings him in and says, this is your room. And this is our kitchen. And this is the pantry and the refrigerator with all the food you want. Just come and eat it. It's there whenever you want. And then they notice that their pantry is getting surprisingly slim. And they're like, is this, is this new son eating all of this food? And they go and they look in his room and they find a drawer or two full in his dresser of food that he had robbed from the pantry and taken up to his room. And they said, why did you not want to keep it in the pantry? You can go and have it whenever you want. But he's still living with the mentality of an orphan that I've got to grab while I can. It might not be there later. And I'm going to stuff it and hoard it. And man, that's me. I forget I have a father in heaven and I think it's going to be all up to me. I've got to stuff and hoard And I've got to make it happen. And he's saying, no, I'm your father. Everything I have is yours. So pray about everything you need so you don't forget. If we're not praying this every day, we're going to fall right into that orphan mentality. But praying this every day, we're going to say, God, you're the one who's going to provide. You're the one who's going to take care of me. And I know it because you gave me your own son. I was as dependent as dependent can be spiritually. I was dead. You made me alive. I was a foreigner. You made me a son. And so I bring to you my concerns for all of my physical life. If we're dependent spiritually and he provided, we're dependent physically. He's going to provide in his way at his time as well. Whether that's in a miraculous provision or whether it's through bringing us home at the end of our life with the ultimate answer for all of our physical needs, health, and everything else. And so we come to a God like this. We come and pray for all of our physical needs to a God who loves us that much, whose love for us never grows cold, even when it seems like his provision isn't going to show up. He says, I'm taking you here, I'm pushing you into this so that you learn how to listen, how to hear, how to trust me as a good father. Let's pray. Lord, again, we ask that you would teach us how to pray. We ask, Father, that you would teach us how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I pray uh, for all of us 
in those parts and pieces of our lives that are stressful, where we fear a lack of provision, where we fear that you might not show up. Lord, I ask that you would teach us to give that part of our life over to you every day and that we would see an increase of faith. We believe, help our unbelief, Lord, that you would give us an increase of faith, that you care about all of the small things in our life and that you're working through all of the small things. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.